This is 93.7 The Ticket. Look at me, sure. Look at me, sure. I'm the captain now. Three-time national champion, Vershawn Jackson. Touchdown. Vershawn Jackson, number 34, gets the touchdown. Terrell Farley. Terrell Farley. Terrell Farley. Defending Terrell Farley. Who last week in his first start was a holy terror. Number 43. Jake Bakoven. Coming at you live from the Copple Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Powered by Bauer. Here he is, Vershawn Jackson. The black shirt. And Bach. And we are powered by Bauer. Bauer. Infrastructure. Bauer. Underground. Brand. Excavated. Ah, uh, okay. We 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 own and we got the great Georgia Cholas Tola giving us a lesson in youth sports. And being able to come up the chain because the the kids that you're choosing from comes from youth sports. We get this from the text line, and then I'm gonna let Terrell Farley ask George a question. Nine zero eight four says this. Thanks for talking about the pay for play situation. There's a lot of kids out in the airport with single parents that can't afford to get their kids into even YMCA sports with travel and required equipment. It's just hard to make it work. For a lot of us, Roger says this. This is a huge amen to year-round club sports. My daughter was burnt out at 15. Roger, 9084. I mean, come on, man. This is this is great. I, I appreciate you, George. With that, I turn it over to the black shirt. Hey, George, Uh-oh. how you doing? Hey, hey Terrell, how are you? All right. Hey, um, I know you, you're the president of the Alumni Association. So my qu- my question is, you know, a lot of people don't know nothing about the alumni situation for Nebraska, but you know, what is one thing that the university is trying to do better for the former alumni athletes that, you know, that went to school there? You know, the one thing I will say is this, um, you know, and I'll be blunty, Terrell. Um, as a university, I don't think we've done a good job of. Um, following up with our lettermen and our players once they walk out those doors. You know, clearly Coach Osborne and Coach Solich would keep you know, would would keep in touch with us on occasion one on one. If you reached out, you needed something, clearly they would step up and help you. But as a system, you know, I, I to be honest with you, once you walked out of that door for the last time, for a lot of us, that was probably the last time we ever heard from any type of organization in the university. And to kind of bring that home you know, when we started the Alumni Association, former players started the association. People do not know that. The university did not start the association. The former players did. And, you know, as, I, as we were doing research for, the, for starting this association, reached out to the uh, Nebraska alumni. And one of the things that they told us that kind of surprised me was the one group that they really had a hard time tracking after they left was the football players. That kind of shocked me. But... 
to follow back full circle to your question, once we kind of got this organized and we got this rolling, to their credit within the athletic department, it started out with Bill Moose. Bill Moose stepped up, recognized us, and helped us. Um, you know, he helped us with or, with events. He helped us with the, you know having a tailgate that we do during the season. He helped us with the reunion planning that we had. And then subsequently, when Trev came on board, you know, clearly Trev is one of ours, he also stepped up and helped us. So now I can say that the athletic department itself is becoming more and more engaged with us as an alumni association. Um, so I think that hopefully that continues to grow with Coach Rule because I think the head coach will have a significant influence in cementing that relationship because as me and Vishanu have been talking, we're part of the thread. You know, you're part of, you were, you were, you were number four, right? No, 43. 43, okay, you're 43. So you were part of the thread, and we were all part of the thread, and we're all the things that we, we tied this whole thing together, and that's what I really love about the association. I mean, we've got guys that were in the, from the 50s, and we've got guys from the mid-2000s, all part of the association, and we've lost a little bit of that history uh, over the last few years because I'm not going to talk about any ADs. They, they shall rename, remain unnamed. But I think to a certain extent, they just try to cut us out of that history. A lot of us that were part of that Osborne-Devaney line, Solich-Osborne-Devaney line, there was a time where we felt as if we were not welcome at home. Uh, but I think that trend is reversing, and those doors are opening up again. And Trey, I think Trev is trying to do his best to make sure that the Alumni Association is successful and that we continue to tie these, you know, to, bring, to be the organization that ties all of us together. That's good. And one more question. You know, I, I see you, you played with, um, what's his name, Dig Brown and, and – Yep. What's the other guy from Omaha? Calvin. Calvin, Calvin Jones. How was, yep. it, how, was it to, I, I, how was it to have them two as teammates with you when you played? You know, you just talked about those two, but I think, you know, if I would not be being honest if I did not talk about Scott Baldwin, if I did not talk about Andre McDuffie. Um, how was it playing with those two? And then, and you probably know this, and I was talking to Vashon about this earlier, is those guys were great running backs. They were great athletes. But what made all of us great as running backs was, number one, Solich, the way he unified us, the way he taught us, and what he taught us philosophically and tactically about the game, but also our unity as running backs. Yeah, we could have all been me guys, Oh, man, I ain't getting no clock. F these guys. I'm not doing this, blah, 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 blah. That's not what happened. Derek was my biggest cheerleader when I was in the field, and I was Derek's biggest cheerleader when he was on the field. When Calvin was on the field, we were his biggest cheerleader, and when Calvin was not on the field, he was our biggest cheerleader. There was a unity. There was a brotherhood amongst all of us that was so important to what we did because it could have been very easy to destroy that team and to destroy that running back room with petty jealousy. So what I loved about those guys more than anything, Terrell, they were good dudes, man. Mm -hmm. They're good dudes, bottom line. Right. Do you think, though, do you think, George, that the NIL and the transfer portal is helping, is filtering down, changing the game? Talk to me about this NIL and the transfer portal. What are your thoughts on that? You know, I let's take one. Let's take them. Let's take them individually, and then we can talk about them collectively. Okay, let's start with transfer portal. 
you know, when they originally started the transfer portal with, okay, if you are a, what is it, a fifth-year senior and you graduate from school, you can go to another institution if you want to further your education. I thought that was a brilliant concept, okay? The second part of that is I would, I would have been in favor of, you know, I went to, I went to Nebraska coach Coach Osborne. And if Coach Osborne would have left, I, I don't know if I would have stuck in Nebraska. I, I probably would have, but I don't know if I would have stuck in Nebraska. But I think as an athlete, I should have been given the option to leave. So I think if the coach that recruited you, that promised you that they were going to be there, left, I think as an athlete, you should have had that option. What we've done now with it is we've essentially created a two things. We've created a semi-professional free agency system, number one. And then number two is going back to the conversation that we just had about the five or six running backs that I just talked about. There's something about life that at least as I've gotten older, and, and I'm, you know, I'm 50 plus now, about what I learned about having to stick it through get up every day, go to work, even though I was not going to be the man. I don't know if I would have had that same level of discipline if I would have known that, okay, well, I've got Derek, I've got Calvin, i got Scott. Oh, let me just pick up the phone and call Colorado. You want me to come up there? I, 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 think, it's, I think it's starting to teach our young man the wrong life lessons because sometimes – you know, I'm not saying everybody should stay. If you're in a bad situation, okay, maybe. But if you're in a situation, you just can't beat out the guy in front of you. I don't know if I'm in favor of just leaving because that's the reason you want to leave. Because there, to me, there was something about committing to a team and being a part of that team structure. And as I've gotten older in life, that I've kind of had to look back on that situation, that it's paid dividends for me. Now, the NIL... You know, is a the NCAA screwed that up, okay? And I'll say that this way: the NCAA, as an organization, kept their head in the sand way too long. This day was going to come. There is no way that you can pay coaches Nick Saban type money, eight, nine, ten, eleven million dollars a year, and then continue to talk about this as amateur sports. The Olympics figured that out years ago. And I think the NCAA had a chance to get ahead of this and figure out a way to do it so that once the tiger left the cage, they could control that tiger. But they kept their heads in the sand, and then ultimately it was a Supreme Court case that unleashed the tiger, and they couldn't catch it. Now we've got a mess in our hands. We've got, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, the, it's the wild, wild west out there for NIL. And so what's happened now, we have the perfect storm in that you've got the wild, wild west of NIL and you've got the transfer portal. When you put those two together, what you essentially have is free agency in college football. Some people would say it's a good thing. Some people would say it's a bad thing. You know, I'm more in the it's a, it's a bad thing for, for the game. But at the end of the day, what the NCAA should have done, they should have figured out a way to make sure that athletes are taken care of financially in an organized, structured system so that all the athletes benefit. Because, yeah, we get this. I understand that the quarterbacks and the running backs are the ones that are generally going to get the glory, but the linemen, offensive and defense, yeah, those kids put in work too. And they should also be compensated at a certain level. 
And the philosophy that I've always believed in is that you sh- you you should have married two things. You should have married paying kids and college graduation. And I often believe that the NCAA should have set up some type of annuity system, Rashawn. Let's just pick a number. Let's let's use a round number. Say it's a hundred thousand dollars, so we can make it easy. So if you were there five years and you you would kind of an annuity, you would vest every year that you played. So at the end of five years, you had a hundred thousand dollars waiting for you in the bank. Okay, and I'm not saying that's it. I'm just using that as an example. But the caveat would be this: if you graduated from college, you would vest at a hundred percent you would get that full $100,000. If you didn't graduate, and let's say you finished just four years, maybe you get $80,000. But the the catch on it, Vishan, is this. You don't pay it to a 21-year-old when he walks out the door. You treat it as an annuity because you've seen this. You give a 21-year-old $100,000, it's gone in a year. You know, it seems like a lot of money, but at the end of the day, it's not a lot of money. The way ex- things are expensive is the way they are. A car is going to cost you twenty, twenty-five grand, thirty grand. If you want to buy a house, that's a couple hundred thousand dollars, three hundred thousand dollars. That's what even the first-time home buyers are paying now. But of a way of giving us a little bit of money over a, a certain amount of time, and then let's say you hit thirty or thirty-five, then we give you the rest of it. So because hopefully you've lived a little bit of life, you've done the stupid things that we do between 21 and 30, maybe you've got a couple kids or one or two or you're married or maybe you've got a business, and now you've got some income to maybe help you. That would have been the prudent way for the NCAA to do it, but you know they don't think long-term that way. Wow. Listen, I, I got to throw it to break. I'm, I, I got I to gotta chew on this. I got to chew on all, that, on all that good meat you just gave us. George, when we get back, I want to talk about what Coach Osborne means to you and what made him great. Absolutely. Hey, we chug it on. I'm with the black shirt. And box. Well, let me let me try this. And George Chola. <laughs> I got it. We'll be right back. More to take the captain. 